Are you ready to talk farm with me? I'm your host, Farm Girl. My real name is Dana, and today we are diving into the world of herbal medicine, tinctures, hydrosols, and salves that come off the farm, into the kitchen, and right into your hands. I took a squirt or two of lion's mane tincture before editing this episode to help me stay focused. And truth be told, a little bit of anti-inflammatory turmeric tincture to help with my swollen knee. Do you use any herbal medicine? Like a gentle and luxurious lavender spray on your sheets and pillowcases before you go to sleep? And do you think about those items coming from a farm? Well, they do, and we are going to dive into one such farm with herbalist and plant medicine maker Shannon Marinick, who together with her husband Matt own Marinick Kitchen in Pompton Plains, New Jersey, a farm, a kitchen, and a retail store that puts the farm in pharmacy. One of the things that I love about Talk Farm to me is the opportunity to bring you all different kinds of farmers who farm all different kinds of products and have farms that are giant or very small like this one. You will be impressed with how much the Marinex are able to produce with just one half acre of land. Farmers of all ilks are so important to us, no matter what they grow. About 1.3% of our nation's employed people are farmers, a stunning statistic that bears repeating. That's just 2.6 million farmers in a nation of 330 million people. That small group has a big job to do. Talk Farm to Me is one of the only places that you can hear the inside scoop about farming and the food it produces directly from our farmers. It's the best place to hear the truth, the heart, and the concerns of our nation's farmers. I have interviewed little-known farmers and some of the world's most famous farmers. Farmers who grow flowers or raise cows and any other number of crops. They share their unique perspectives with us selflessly, bringing us into their worlds. I am not a farmer, but I do have a little farm with a giant garden and some pretty funny animals who made their debuts recently on the Accidental Farm podcast in 105 minute episodes. Listening to the Accidental Farm podcast is like stepping foot on my farm and getting smacked in the face with funny lessons from the goats and the donkeys and some wily birds, especially those dirty ducks. Before I introduce you to Shannon and Marinick Kitchen, I thought I would invite you to join me and 100 founders in a movement to support our farmers. If you're already here, I think you will find four farmers really interesting. Stay tuned at the end of the episode for details. Marinette Kitchen is a very productive small family farm in New Jersey, growing herbs, 
and bringing them forward as tinctures and other products to help you manage a headache, anxiety, or an upset stomach naturally. Marinick Kitchen is where the farm, our plant history, and the kitchen all come together as one. In 2015, Shannon and Matt were inspired by an overabundance of oregano that led to a subscription box business. That didn't work out. But by 2020, they had leased land about an hour north of their suburban home, a one-half-acre parcel that now houses 5,000 plants, some 50 varieties. Marinette Kitchen is going on year three as a productive farm, an industrial kitchen where they transform harvests into plant medicine and a retail store in Palmton Plains, New Jersey, just 28 miles from New York City. This is their story. How did you get started then coming up with the kinds of products, starting with that overabundance of oregano and then like, what's the next step? Like, how did you get from the subscription box not working not being happy with the products to being where you are now. So I've been studying herbalism for now over 12 years, a few years before we even thought of Marina Kitchen. I had taken one class with my now mentor and friend, Robin Rose Bennett, who's in this area and has been an herbalist for 30 years. It wouldn't give me one when we got there. Oh, but he will. He must. We've come such a long way already. <laughs> Robin Rose Bennett is a writer, herbalist, and self-professed green witch who has been teaching the power of plant medicine to individuals, clinics, medical and nursing schools, and at various conferences since 1986. She has a deep love for the power of plants. Want to play ball? One class with her fell in love with the idea of plant medicine. So I had, you know, for years been creating plant medicine, taking classes, learning about the medicinal properties of them. So it was kind of a an easy transition because it wasn't like we were just jumping into this with no knowledge and just a lot of oregano, you know? So I had a background of plant medicine. Matt has always had a background of growing. So he always has had his hands dirty, growing, seed saving, things like that. We were just proud of what we were doing then, and it just then continued into now six years of owning Marina Kitchen. So you have your farm, and now talk about the kitchen part. Like, what does that mean exactly? So we we named it Marina Kitchen because Marinick's our last name, and we were doing everything here in our kitchen for a few years before we got started renting commercial space, and then we now have our own commercial kitchen where we're processing all of our herbs and making all of our products right within the store. So it's nice for when people come into the shop, they actually see us making the product. So it's no secret that we're doing everything there and people are, they love like peeking into the kitchen, seeing what we're doing. So it's nice to have that. Think about the kitchen for a minute. It is a transformative place that has more of a role in farming And you might think, when we talk about the farm-to-table movement, the kitchen is a silent partner in the two part. It's how your food gets to you. And in this case, the nutrients in the herbs that the Marinix grow and forage and source 
get to you through their kitchen. It makes sense that kitchen is a key player in their farm's name. Tell me what you built in order to like support what you're doing. When we found the space we're in now, it was a blank, literally blank space. And we decided to cut it in half and we built out a full commercial kitchen. So we have, you know, a six burner range. We have what feels like to be 17,000 sinks because that's what's needed for a commercial kitchen. You know, just your typical kitchen. We really could cook and bake in it if we wanted to, to sell product. That's just something we're not into, but we needed these things in place to become a commercial kitchen where we could produce and sell our products. And then the front end of it is the retail store. In addition to studying herbalism, Shannon had some other training that would support their decision to mold Marinette Kitchen into what it is now. I worked on a local farm for three years, which gave me a great indication of kind of what I was getting into. It was more of a a vegetable farm, flower farm, but just allowed me to learn the ins and outs of farming. And then in 2020, I left there to do Marinette Kitchen full time once we opened up the store. And what about your husband? What's his role on the farm? Well, he's the farmer. So he's growing. We probably have about 3,000 plants here at home now under lights. We start everything from seed at home and then we transfer them out into our greenhouse and then up to the farm. And he also though does work full time. He's owned a uh, digital agency for the past 19 years. He has a business partner and employees. And so he has a full nine to five, if not more weekly on top of what we're doing. Just a quick side note here that I have mentioned in other episodes. It's that central to the farming conversation. A recent study by the USDA's Economic Research Service reports that 91% of farm households have at least one person working in an off-farm job, like Matt. I'm curious about your customers, or maybe even more your non-customers, in that you're selling medicinal herbs or products made from medicinal herbs. You obviously have a knowledge base, but I'm curious about the intersection between you and the general public in terms of, you know, validity and people really understanding what you're doing and and why this is important. There is a huge gap between folks that understand it and folks that walk in and have zero clue what we do, think it's hocus pocus type stuff. So our job then is to step in and to educate. One of our biggest things about running our business is to educate because a lot of people don't know, yet they are curious, how can I give something to my children that's on a more holistic side? We have a huge Medicinal Plants 101 page where we have over 150 plants that we speak about how they could help, what you could do with them. Um, When people come into the store, it's really getting to talk to them this is bothering me, what could help? So we try to get to the root of kind of what's going on. So it's a lot of communication. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of educating when they walk in and say, I'm really stressed. What can you help me with? So let's go there. Let's go to stress. Shannon, I'm really stressed. What will help me? 
One of my favorite herbs right now is probably holy basil or Tulsi. It's very big in the Ayurvedic world. Ayurvedic is a natural system of medicine that originated in India more than 3,000 years ago. The word Ayurvedic comes from the Sanskrit words Ayur, life, and Veda, science or knowledge. It's also an adaptogen, so it kind of helps whatever is going on. Do you know what an adaptogen is, besides how it sounds? Nearly too good to be true, right? But according to the Cleveland Clinic, an adaptogen is a plant or mushroom that helps your body respond to stress, anxiety, and fatigue. They bring your body back to a steady balance by managing both physical and mental stressors. But I love it for anxiety because it's a nervine, so it's not a sedative. Lots of big words here, but a nervine is an herb that supports the nervous system offering calm without drowsiness or sedation. I'm going to play that whole part back for you now that you know what all of it means. One of my favorite herbs right now is probably holy basil or Tulsi. It's very big in the Ayurvedic world. It's also an adaptogen, so it kind of helps whatever is going on. But I love it for anxiety because it's a nervine. So it's not a sedative that's going to put you to sleep like some anxiety type plants might. So what holy basil does is it really just calms your nerves and it helps you kind of to take that like big deep breath and be like, okay, it's going to be okay. I just need a minute or two. So we make it in tincture form and we also sell dried herb of it to make a tea with, which I think is such a lovely tea. Add a little of your local honey and you know, you could sip on it all day and it, it just really brings like a calming peacefulness without any type of drowsiness or, you know, that feeling of, ugh, now I'm like drained. We grow almost probably 200 plants a year of it. It's an annual, so we grow it every year, but it's just one of my absolute favorites right now for anxiety. What are some of the other common things that you hear from customers? Sleep, not being able to sleep, getting up in the middle of the night and then having trouble going back to sleep. Digestion is a huge one, which a lot of people struggle with. So it's, I would say sleep, anxiety, and digestion are the biggest things. And I think a lot of people come in with, is this going to work? Is this, you know... witchcraft. I don't know. Some people, you know, are leery about it. They, they don't understand it. So they're, they want to take like a small step into it. You do have an upset stomach. So we make a bitters. Bitters is great for digestion. You don't need to take a Tums or if you have a headache, why not try a little peppermint tincture instead of reaching for a Tylenol or an Advil. So it's those small adjustments where then I think that's where people get comfortable with the idea of it. Let's go back to the farm side for a minute. Tell me what some of your practices are. We do grow organically. We are not certified just as a small business. It's a, a costly factor. 
but we do not use any pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. I looked at several organic certification programs just to see what they actually cost. Initial and annual fees can range from $1,000 on the low side, depending on production, to the tens of thousands on the high end. But other costs are embedded in there too. What modifications do you have to make to the farm? Is it far enough from a road? Do you have the right equipment? Inspections are annual, and so is the administration. It's time and money. And some farmers, like the Marinix, are confident in their organic practices and don't feel that certification is important for them. The Marinix use nature and their own choices for what to grow to manage their farm naturally. We actually have learned that there's about two to three plants that pests they really like. And we just chose to no longer grow them. Sometimes we will just keep them in the ground and allow the pests to enjoy that plant um, because then it kind of leaves everything else alone. Perennials, now that they're getting pretty established, last year we barely even had to water, which was amazing. Just with the rain we got and their root systems, obviously when we first plant something, we're watering a lot more often, but it's almost like a I don't want to say hands-off because it's definitely not hands-off, but it's a lot easier than vegetable or flower farming. Just a note here, a perennial is a plant that comes back year after year after going dormant in the ground for the winter. Annuals have to be planted every year, just in case you needed to know. Marinick Kitchen is a different kind of farm in a way. It's not over when the crops are harvested. In some ways, it's like a dairy farm that sells cheese and other dairy products. You harvest the product, and then your work starts. It's definitely hard work. The first year we started, it was just Matt and I. So it was literally me and him every weekend up on the farm, clearing the land and planting. So that first year was really tough with just the two of us. And then the following year is when we said, hey, you know what? He could teach and people could learn and also help. So that's when he started the 10-month apprenticeship, which then this year sold out within a month. And we probably have 50 people on a waiting list for 2023. It's definitely something I think people want. They, They need it if they don't have the access to getting their hands in the dirt and working in nature and spending time outside for seven hours, one weekend a month. So I think that's it's going to be a huge advantage for those taking it and a huge help for us and like for maintaining it. The half acre that the Marinex farm is about an hour north of where they live. Since we're not living on the land, we're really only up there one to two times a week. Matt will spend all of Saturday up there. I am in the shop four days a week. Matt is rarely in the shop. So his main focus is growing here at home until plants could go outside. And then he's, you know, dealing with our gardens at home and the gardens up there. When is harvest 
time mainly for you? Is it a span of months or is there a really intensive period? So for a majority of the perennials, we're able to harvest, you know, starting end of June until September, October. A lot of our annuals will have big harvests September, October. And then throughout the season, when we do harvest, we are either drying for just preservation to use throughout the year, or we're tincturing fresh, we're drying for teas, we're drying to make infused oils, to make our salves. So it kind of is an all year process. He could harvest two pounds of this one day and say, okay, let's put this into oil, let's make a tincture with this. And then we don't touch that plant again for another six weeks or so. And how many different products do you make there? Uh, we have over 80 and we do some seasonal things. So we're, you know, or just very small batches. And what are your top, say, five products? Oh, elderberry syrup, definitely number one. One of our first products we created and still to this day is one of our top selling, our fire tonic, which is, uh, you know, play on a fire cider, uh, spicy, uh, vinegar base, great for immunity. Our Sleepy Time Salve, which is a salve that we make with infused mugwort oil um, and then a little lavender. Probably our mushroom tinctures. So we have seven different mushroom tinctures. We work with a local mushroom hunter and forager. We use his mushrooms to make our products. So those all do well because mushrooms are kind of a big hit now. And then I'm gonna say our holy basil tincture just because I'm loving it right now. Tell me about the mushrooms. So mushrooms are great for immunity. They help reduce tumors if you do have one. They are used a lot of times in like cancer treatments. We usually sell them and use them for immunity properties. Our lion's mane, which is one of our best sellers, is for brain health. So great one for the morning, for memory, for focus. So that I always say is like my morning tincture. And then we have reishi, shiitake, maitake, birch polypore, chaga, lion's mane, and turkey tail. How much do trends play into this? You mentioned that mushrooms are hot right now. How did mushrooms get hot? And when I say it's a hot topic, I mean, mushrooms have always been good for you, whether you're eating them or making a tincture with them or adding them to powdered into a smoothie. I mean, mushrooms have been known to be beneficial, not just recently, but pretty much forever. You just see mushrooms a lot. People are substituting their coffee for a mushroom type drink. So yeah, I, we do see not all that often, but some waves of things coming into popularity onto, you know, into your regular market where it's kind of like a buzzword for a while and we'll see it kind of, you know, fizzle out. But for the most part, it's things that have been used for years. And now if one person says, oh, this is going to do wonders for you, you know, people will jump on the bandwagon. For instance, white pine has been a plant ally of mine for years. I love it. We have four growing in the backyard and I've made tea with it. We make tincture with it. We've done steams with it. And as we were, you know, coming through COVID, a lot of people were saying white pine was helping 
just became like everyone wanted white pine. Our white pine tincture sales skyrocketed. And I think maybe we've sold like six before that. It was never a good seller. People are like, what is white pine? Why do I want it? And now it like white pine has become something people are familiar with because it's it's in the news or it's in groups people are talking about. We're starting to actually now see it kind of drop off. Tell me about white pine and you say it's been a plant ally of yours for a long time. So white pine is, it's the tree of peace. It's a super grounding plant. When I was going through my three-year apprenticeship, every year we had a plant that we worked with closely and white pine was my second ally that I studied. Plant ally is a term that appears often in herbalism and references a close relationship that you can develop with a plant. One that you trust to support you, how you feel, recognizing what kind of support you need, and when you need it. Also, when you don't. Shannon also studied mugwort and wild rose during her apprenticeship for a year each, and has a deep personal knowledge and experience with these as well as white pine. It's the tree with the most vitamin C. So hence why that's really good for immunity because a lot of us don't get enough vitamin C. To go outside any time of year, because it's always green, and taking a few needles and boiling some water and just making a tea and sitting with it is not only helping my immune system, but it's also super grounding, helps me like calm and focus. And so it's just a tree I turn to pretty often. What are some of the biggest challenges that you face in your farm and your business? Honestly, we don't have many because we are so lucky enough to be not dealing with a ton of pests. Plants are getting established that we don't necessarily have to babysit like you would a vegetable or a fruit or something like that. So farm-wise, we don't have many issues at all. Business-wise, we want to create that community where people know and like and trust us enough to continually come back. As many farmers do, you wear a lot of hats. So you guys have a farm, you have a store. Now you, you've taken courses in a number of different places, but also with your mentor and then you had clinical practice with her. Where else are you taking classes besides with her? I've taken the immersion program through the Chestnut School of um, Herbal Medicine. It's out of Asheville, North Carolina. That was a two and a half year program. I've taken classes through Herbal Academy, which is just an online school that offers a wide range of classes. And right now I'm actually studying to become a certified aromatherapist, not because we use a ton of essential oils, it's that people are coming in and asking because that's something they're familiar with. So I'm educating myself in that area of plant medicine to speak correctly on what they're good for, how to use them. Like I said, we don't use a ton because of the, the plant material that's needed to make essential oils is not sustainable. But what do you mean? You need hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds to make an essential oil bottle. It, it's it's scary. Even that original overabundance of oregano that started them on this journey wasn't enough to handle essential oils. 
I do feel they have a place. They are therapeutic. They definitely help with emotional and mostly emotional respiratory type issues. They're not used for everything. I would never suggest one for like digestion. But yeah, the plant material needed to make essential oils is very alarming. So it's something we, we don't do. We just don't grow enough. I'm curious then about your tinctures. What's the base for the most part? An alcohol base. So we're using alcohol to extract the, the alcohol properties or constituents out of the plant. And then you have water constituents. So that would be like some plants are better as a tea because their water soluble properties are extracted better through hot water. Um, but all of our tinctures are made with alcohol. So like vodka? Everclear? Like what <laughs> what are you buying in bulk? We are buying Everclear in bulk, but we're cutting it because of the the high, you know, you can't take 190 proof straight. So we're cutting it with distilled water, which then brings it down to about a, a hundred proof. Central to this farm story is the kitchen. It's the silent partner between you and any farm. Also central is our collective consciousness about the broad array of farms that impact our lives, from a cattle farm to an herb farm. Thousands of acres to just one half an acre. They are all viable and important in the landscape of farming and so key to understanding this vast industry. Since interviewing Shannon, I have tried a number of tinctures from Marinette Kitchen, turmeric for inflammation, lion's mane for focus, elderberry syrup for immunity, and I used it to make gummy bears on a lark. Shannon is a wealth of information and happy to provide guidance from headaches to some herbaceous cocktails if you're interested. You can find Shannon and Mayernick Kitchen at mayernickkitchen.com and on Instagram at mayernickkitchen. I will include contact links in the show notes. 